Chapter Eleven of From the Easy Chair, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. From the Easy Chair, Volume Two, by George William Curtis. Chapter Eleven: The Hog Family. It is a good sign of the times that the crusade against the large and omnipresent family of hog which the easy chair long ago preached has been vigorously renewed public manners are a common interest the private conduct of the most famous personages is of small concern beyond their domestic circle but the conduct of the person in the next room at a hotel or in the next seat in a railway car is of great interest to us yet the remedy is not obvious even if we should propose a school of manners it is not certain that the pupils for whom it would be especially designed would attend if a fellow guest at the grand hotel of the universe comes in at two in the morning and going humming along the corridor to his room flings his boot down upon the floor at his door with a resounding blow that awakens all neighboring sleepers you may cover him with expletives and consign him in imagination to a hundred direful dooms but nevertheless he goes unpunished or you may suddenly confront him in all the majesty of nocturnal dishabille and admonish him severely of the wicked selfishness of his ways but the probability is that you will have either an extremely amused audience who will guy your appearance without mercy or receive a surly rejoinder in the form of a boot or a volley of vituperation in any event the school of manners will not be honored by the exercises yet the hog family is not american nor is it by any means peculiar to this country the lady mavornine who said with enthusiasm that she could travel without insult from the atlantic to the pacific and that every american of the other sex seemed to make himself her protector said only what is generally true of the american he is naturally courteous and invincibly good-natured indeed it is his good nature which has permitted the family hog to develop to such proportions a man enters a hotel as if it belonged to him will he not be forced to pay for his accommodation and roundly shall he not take his ease in his inn is he not willing to settle for all the food drink comfort trouble that he may require on occasion shall he put himself out for others if number one does not look out for itself who will look out for it and to all this jonathan good-naturedly assents if number one takes more than his share of the sofa jonathan moves up if number one puts his feet on a chair jonathan does not stare if number one still more grossly demonstrates his poor kind lineage jonathan dislikes to make trouble until number one comes to despise those whom he insults and plainly expects every circle to bow to the sovereignty of selfishness 
this is a fatal form of good nature but it has a not unkindly origin it springs from a social condition in which everybody is expected to help everybody else because everybody needs help as in a frontier community indeed in many a rural neighborhood still this spirit of lending a hand is supreme everybody expects to submit to inconvenience because he knows that he will require others to submit but these refinements of mutual dependence must not be allowed to justify the outrages of selfishness the passenger in the boat or the train who occupies more than his seat who sits in one chair covers another with his feet and a third with his bundles and smokes and widely squirts tobacco juice around him until his vicinity is not a little heaven but another kind of h below is a public pest and general nuisance for whose punishment there should be a common law of procedure but this can be found only where there is a common contempt and resolution which will deprive him of his ill-gotten seats in the first place and make him feel in the second the general scorn of his neighbors but as we are told constantly and correctly that we are a reading people it is through reading that the members of the family which is hostis humani generis will learn that they are the most detestable and detested of the great families of the race you sir whose eyes are skimming this page and who never give your seat to a woman in the elevated car on principle the principle being either that a woman ought not to get into a crowded car knowing that she will put gentlemen to inconvenience or that the company ought to forbid the entry of more passengers than there are seats or that first come should be first served or that number one having paid for a seat has a right to occupy it or whatever other form the principal may assume you are one of the hosts against whom the crusade is pushed thou art the well for the sake of euphony we will say man but it is not man that is in the mind of your censors or you madam who enters the railroad car with an air of right and a look of reproval at every man who does not spring to his feet and who settle yourself into the seat offered you without the least recognition of the courtesy that offers it for you it would be well if the urbane mentor of another day were still here who having given his seat to a dashing young woman who seemed unconscious of his presence looked at her until she impatiently demanded if he wanted anything and he responding said blandly yes madam i want to hear you say thank you both this sir and madam may learn from the daily newspapers as from this page that even in a car where they recognize no acquaintance a cloud of witnesses around hold them in full survey and whatever the fashion or richness of their garments and however supercilious their air perceive at once whether they belong to the family of ladies and gentlemen or to that of charles lamb's mr h thackeray's hero could not have been more aghast 
to see his divine otilia consume with gusto the oysters which were no longer fresh than romeo to learn by his juliet's question to that urbane mentor of other years that his mistress must be of kin to the unmentionable family the next time those boots are flung down in the reverberating hotel corridor there will be no harm in remarking to the clerk the next morning in the crowded office that it is not necessary for you to look upon the register to know that one of the hog family arrived during the night End of chapter 11 Recording by John Brandon